coffee culture is brewed for connection. Under the guise of coffee, we've been meeting in cafes for centuries. Today is no different. Coffee Culture, the podcast, explores the meetup. If you are a coffee enthusiast, maybe seeking modern love on a coffee date or want some health hacks, we'll dig into that too. I'm Holly Shannon. Come wrap your hands around a hot cup of connection with me on Coffee Culture. Hello, Coffee Culture family. Today, I am here with a very special guest, Hiromi Okuyama. And before I read any of her bio, which we we will get to, um, I met her actually on Clubhouse. And it was, I'm going to say it was like the perfect demonstration of the coffee meetup because every day I would make my cup of coffee and then I would find Hiromi on the Clubhouse app and we would be chatting in rooms with people and just having a great time and learning from each other. And um, it's kind of funny how my coffee meetup was for a while there almost daily, I'd say Mm -hmm. from like eight to 10 in the morning, she and I would conduct mentorship and moderation Mm -hmm. on, on the platform. So hello, Hiromi. Welcome. (laughs) Hi, Holly. I'm so excited to be here. And yeah, it was so beautiful to meet up. We were doing it five mornings a week for months. (laughs) I know. I know. I had my Nespresso and I think you had your coffee and everybody else did too. And it was, it was really nice. It was really beautiful that time. It's so interesting that we met a long time ago and really you were an avatar for so long because uh-huh. the way that particular app is, you just have the person's avatar. And yeah. the only time I would see Hiromi is if I went on like say TikTok or Instagram but she would be doing what she does. You know, it wasn't a conversation with her. So it's so interesting, like the diversity of that, like how our experience was. Um, Yeah. So with that, I should probably introduce you properly. So I'm going to read a little bio about Hiromi to everybody. She was born and raised in Toronto, Canada. She is a content creator, a martial artist. In fact, She's a fifth degree black belt and she's been teaching karate for 30 years, but I might add she only looks 30 years old here and (laughs) she's an actress. She was also the clubhouse social audio app icon from December to February, 2023. And I'm also going to say that I called that. (laughs) She did. When when we were on there, she came in one day and she was talking. I can't even remember what you were talking about. Maybe you were doing one of the beta tests for something. And I was just listening to you and I'm like, I, I'm stopping this conversation. I'm calling it here. You are going to be the clubhouse icon. And you were laughing. You were like, no I way. Never yeah. <laughs> and here you are. So um, another uh, few, a few things about Hiromi is that she's very passionate about short form video content mm-hmm. creation. She really is. If you f- go follow her on uh, TikTok and Instagram, you'll see that. And as an actress, since her teens, she worked primarily in commercials and was mm-hmm. featured in advertisements from Walmart, Scotia mm-hmm. Bank, Pizza Hut, Nortel, McDonald's. Tim Hortons, which by the way is a coffee shop, yes. Future Shop, 
and many more. And working in commercials and in this short form type of comp uh, format, mm-hmm. it it really like got her ready for TikTok and uh, Instagram Reels, if you think mm-hmm. about it, because it's the same kind of format. Um, she has on TikTok over 200,000 supporters mm-hmm. and a branded hashtag, which is Hiromi Axe, if mm-hmm. I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And it has over 40 million views. Yeah. Holy crap. <laughs> she creates fun mom acting challenges and has followers from around the world. And they recreate like some of your acting scenes or they collaborate with you mm-hmm. and mix like the real and you have like a conversation back and forth. So um, she, you're still with Clubhouse. You're mm-hmm. still uh, hosting and moderating. And she started in 2021 her own online e-commerce store called HiromiKuyama.com. All these links will be in the show notes along with her URL. And the merch on there is features her father's famous calligraphy um, in an effort to continue to carry the legacy of her cultural heritage. And if you hold up your coffee mug there, oh. your cup, people can see like one of your, see, here's something yeah. right there. Isn't that yeah. the coolest? I love it. I love it. So let's dig in a little bit. Um, okay. You know, I'm all about connection and we mm-hmm. met on Clubhouse. Um, I haven't been on there as much. Um, are you still feeling that same you know, type of connection is, is it, is the atmosphere the same on there? So since we were doing rooms last year, which I believe um, we were doing rooms so regularly, there has been so many changes on clubhouse since then. Uh, They introduced a new feature and it was in beta test for the longest time called housing. And now, actually, they're going to convert all clubs into houses. So they're they're working on that right now. But I was actually one of the early adopters for the houses. So I got my house back in July, the summer of uh, last year. And uh, so being an early adopter, I was able to connect with a lot of the clubhouse team and what they call power users. Power users are the people that really know the clubhouse app. Uh, A lot of them are beta testers. So we're all volunteer beta testers. They have a beta tester kind of club house it was kind of a a private house and uh, we did a lot of bug testing reported features that we think would improve it and over almost it'll be oh my goodness almost a year it's going to be into the whole uh shift they're they're going to have houses which is more community based and a lot of the accountability will, uh, will be on the founders but we also have a lot of more controls and uh, and i feel that it's it's more intimate in some ways. You can have it as intimate or as big as you want, but I find the conversations and that community aspect is going to be increased from what we've known uh, since since when we were on it together. So have you found that the houses and some of the features, there's been a lot of cross-pollination from the people who follow you on TikTok and Instagram into the house. They Do they come for the hospitality and a cup of coffee with Hiromi? <laughs> 
So yeah, usually I am on in the evenings now, but I am trying to get back in the during the day because I miss the mornings and the coffee and and getting to know everybody. I still do go into a lot of rooms that I support in in the mornings and the, the afternoons. Uh, just there's so many rooms, incredible rooms throughout the day. I I, I do tell a lot of my uh, followers on other platforms about clubhouse i always put a link if i'm in a room i put a direct link to uh to twitter and then if i am doing a room i would put it in my instagram stories tiktok a lot of so my audience on tiktok is generally a little bit different than my audience on instagram and twitter so you kind of have to know where your audience is and i find i do uh add links from my now currently clubhouse to linkedin as well so knowing where my audience is and knowing where to promote is is i think key to finding the right people to come into my rooms or the rooms i'm hosting or the rooms i'm supporting uh, are you struggling with the volatility that all of the platforms are having like i feel like Mm -hmm. you know instagram has become so dense with ads TikTok, mm-hmm. everything that's going on with it being possibly mm-hmm. shut down, Twitter yeah. with all of the 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 bots and the mm-hmm. you know the changes. How, how is that affecting what you do? Because a lot of what you do to promote yourself is on social. You know, uh, I just for me because I'm so present on so many different platforms. Of course. TikTok is my largest one. And actually Clubhouse, even though I don't have the amount of followers that some of the big, huge content creators have, I find with Clubhouse, even if you have not the most followers, you can still have a really engaged community, which is why I really love social audio app. It kind of drowns out a lot of the quote unquote noise, pun intended, but it does drown out a lot of noise because it's only audio. And so I find that when I am, I just find Clubhouse kind of grounds me and then I can deal with the other stuff. And if one platform goes down, I'll just join another platform. It's not that it's easy, but I know I can navigate my way around different platforms because of my experience on so many different social media platforms. That's very interesting that you're able to navigate through that. You know, yeah. a, a lot of digital creation, um, almost anybody you talk to in branding will say that you have to own your audience. Yes. And so they try to drive you um, to their email yeah. um, and build their email list because as we know, any one of the social media apps could just disappear overnight mm-hmm. and then that 200,000 followers you have, or 50, they're mm-hmm. completely gone and they have no way to get back in touch with you. You don't know who they are. Um, mm-hmm. Are you building out anything for yourself that is more uh, tangible in case that happens? Yes. Yeah, so everybody talks about the importance of having an email list. And I do have an email list, luckily with my store. So I do I should promote it more. So I do have that. But one thing that I think is super important, and I I know that you would totally agree with this, is having a really important brand that people see you. So for example, if uh, one app goes down, or if I don't see somebody that I really followed a lot before, I'm like, I'm wondering, "Hmm, where are they now? I can just Google them or even search their handle 
on another platform, like, okay, they, there they are. So I do try to secure my handle on all the social media platforms that I'm involved with. And also I try to keep, and this is great. A lot of branding experts have taught me this. And I, I see this with your picture too. I try to keep the same photo consistent throughout all all platforms are like, okay, there's Hiromi, I found her. So mm -hmm. if someone missed me on one platform, they can easily find me in, on another with, with the branding. That's a good idea. I, I mean, I, I, I sort of did that, but mm -hmm. uh, not realizing so much like how important it was. Like I didn't realize people might be searching me from from mm -hmm. platform to platform because we all don't play on the same ones either. You know, mm -hmm. like I've gotten away from from Twitter because um, mm -hmm. I just can't seem to grow there. And as much as I like Instagram, it's actually one of my favorite ones. Mm -hmm. I don't grow on there either. I, I I have flatlined a long time ago on that, and I've stopped asking people to follow or anything because it's just you know it's just it flatlined. It's just not yeah. you know it's not moving anywhere. So hopefully my picture, <laughs> like you said. Will help. Will help at some point. Yeah. So I I actually want to dive into your store a little bit and oh, okay. Yeah, I want to understand. Um. So it's the connection to your legacy that that was born out of, and your your father with his calligraphy, you were using that. Did Did you also do martial arts with him as well, or was that separate? Uh. Okay, so I'll start with the martial arts. So my father is uh, is a very high-ranking master in the karate world. He is known all over the world. He gets invited to so many countries. I can't even list them everywhere. And he's still being asked to be invited, but because of the pandemic, he had to, of course, halt his visits. So yes, he has a very big reputation of, of, of being a karate master. And being his daughter... Of course, I had to start when I was really young, and I and I kind of rebelled like most children uh, throughout my teenage and, and uh, university years, and I, I I didn't think I would get back into karate. And then when I was in my late twenties, I'm like, oh my goodness, let me get back into it. And also, it also helped with my acting career because my dad would let me teach for him, do his admin work, and then I can go off to auditions and take off work if I. It was very flexible for me, so it actually worked both ways. And then I realized how much I love karate, and I always loved teaching. Um, my mom always told me I was a natural teacher because I'm so great with kids, I guess, and I just love teaching kids karate. And as I um, even grew older, having a daughter and into my 30s, I started realizing my purpose empowering young girls to defend themselves. And, and so that was also furthering my mission of, of empowering young, young, young children to, to be strong in themselves. And, and we can go into this topic too, where I talk about consent based teaching. I love to teach kids on, you know, respecting people, having people respect their boundaries and, you know, uh, respect who they are. We always talk about the invisible bubble. So that was my my intention with karate and martial arts with my father. The second thing with my store, it actually didn't start off with calligraphy. Okay. Uh, yeah, it was so weird. I always wanted to do merch. I don't know why. <laughs> I always wanted to. And so finally being on Clubhouse, listening to all these great business coaches and entrepreneurs, I'm like, I want to 
start my own online store. And I didn't realize how crazy that idea was. And so I did, I, I got a business coach from, from clubhouse and I got a web designer and, and, uh, we did a store and I was first doing slogans from what I learned from TikTok. So I was carrying my TikTok kind of, uh, persona onto my merch, but that didn't do as well as I hoped. And so I knew I had to shift. And then I'm with the print, the company, the print on demand company, Printful. Mm -hmm. And so what they have these great seminars. And so I went to a seminar and they had an artist feature. And I went, wait a second, my dad's a really great artist. His calligraphy is revered all around the world. Why don't I put his calligraphy on on merch and I'm like wow okay and then so that's where I shifted and then I also started a, a Shopify store so that was my shift as well so in business we always have to shift uh you know to to uh, grow so that's how that came about as well you know I remember when you first opened that store I'd forgotten that you had done some other types of merchandise yes. in there but you know it you had such a connection to the karate and yes. and your father's art. Uh, it sounds like it, that evolution was inevitable. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And I didn't realize your work with young girls. And, yeah. you know, you are the consummate teacher because I see you on like your reels. And I mean, I'm not on TikTok anymore, but um, I remember seeing you like act out situations with mm -hmm. Gen Z. Um, mm -hmm. And it was kind of a way to allow us to a kind of laugh at ourselves and our mm -hmm. difficulty sometimes to communicate with different generations. But also, I felt like you opened a lane, like a door for people to understand how to talk to different gen you know what I mean? Like what not to do versus what to do. do mm -hmm. Is that what kind of feedback were you getting from from people who are following that? Uh, you know, I used to go live a lot. I haven't gone live for a while, but I would get a lot of Gen Zs in my comments and on my lives telling me how much they love my videos. My my uh, TikTok is is very wholesome, very family friendly, and that's my purpose and intention. And I wanted parents my generation to know that it's so it's okay to have these conflicts with your kids and some I did get some criticism people are saying your teens are very rude to you like the the way I portrayed my teens but I remember I wasn't the nicest person to my mom and that also it's also my relationship with my mom because my mom loves me unconditionally even though I had my bad moods you know teens have their bad moods and right. they snap back at their moms and they get annoyed with their moms that's just I find that's that's kind of normal in our North American society and but the most important that I just kind of want to draw out is that even though we have these conflicts even though you know the kids get annoyed with their moms if the whole thing is that we love each other and we respect each other. And a lot of teens have reached out to me and said, you know, um, sometimes I'll get really sad ones, especially if I think the teens are from a different country that doesn't have this kind of more acceptance. They're like, I wish my mom was more like you. And I'm like, you know, not all moms are perfect. I'm not perfect. And I try to tell them that 
our generation comes from a different generation where there wasn't mental health awareness, where there wasn't, uh, you know, we, we had to learn a lot of the traditional stuff of discipline, which was really not acceptable now, but that's what we had to live through. And hope, I'm sure your mom loves you as long as, you know, I'm sure that your mom loves you. Uh, try and see it from their point of view and hopefully your, your relationship would be better. Like I try to, like I'm not a therapist and I tell the, student, the, the, the Gen Z uh, kids that follow me that I'm not a therapist, but I try to tell them in the best way possible that we're a different generation and hopefully, I don't know, I hope maybe their relationship with their parents will improve by seeing how I talk with them. I don't know. I, I think they will. Think I think so? it will. Yeah. I think there's like yeah. a connection because you're, you're opening that door for them to yeah. think about it, you know? Um, and I mean, I don't know what generation you are. I'm Gen X. And um, <laughs> and we were just brought up very differently. Oh, you know, know. there's there's a lot of um, truth to the fact that we were a bit of a lost generation because, yeah. you know, nowadays, like people like we'll put their kids on the bus, we'll get them off the bus, we'll have, you know, the everything planned out for them, what's going to be happening, everything. And for us, like we got off the bus, we'd go change our clothes, our if our parents were even around for starters. And if they were, they'd be like, go out and play. And then as soon as it got like dark, yeah. um, you know, be like towards 630 or something, you'd been out like for three hours in the wild. You know, we were yeah. like feral. And yeah. we would be doing our own thing and we would come back for dinner. Like it wasn't, mm -hmm. there was no there were no phones to see mm -hmm. like what we were doing. Um, we probably got away with a lot of stuff, right? Like, I don't mm -hmm. know, but we were, we would just like, if we were thirsty, we'd like drink out of the garden hose or we would like go to a neighbor and knock on the door. So we want to go all the way back down the street to our house. Right. Yes. Um, it, it was just very different. And, you know, our parents were raised kind of from that mm -hmm. Dr. Spock world mm -hmm. where it was like, you know, like leave your baby to cry for an, three hours and don't check on it and it'll fall asleep eventually. <laughs> I know I'm, I'm over-exaggerating that. So don't get mad at me, people. I'm just trying <laughs> yeah. to make a point that it was just very, very different mm -hmm. the way we were raised and it wasn't mm -hmm. right or wrong. And the way that Gen Z is being raised, again, is not right or wrong. And maybe they're going to need some therapy because of us. And and maybe their kids are going to need some therapy because they're going to be doing it differently. Like, we just need to be able to find ways to connect with each other and not yeah. blame each other. Um, and I love that you are creating that channel. And you're, and you're also discussing some hard topics around yes. mental health. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I try. I have some really lighthearted ones. Like I did one about fruit and I try to incorporate a lot of my culture in it. Even though I was born in Canada, I'm Chinese and Japanese. So I try to incorporate some of my culture into it. So, so it's kind of like they're learning about my culture too. Uh, uh, and then, uh, yeah, I, I have some really fun, lighthearted ones, but I have some, I, I throw in some deeper ones, uh, like, like the mental health, Hey, coffee lovers, I have two quick announcements. 
I am opening a YouTube channel at Holly Shannon, and I'm going to have all of coffee culture on there. So you can capture the little shorts for five minutes here and there, or you can capture the full length interviews. Also, my book Zero to Podcast is on Amazon and it's on my website. And it is the how to guide to start your podcast really fast and get your voice and ideas on iTunes and Spotify like I did makes a great holiday gift for you perhaps a graduation present, or maybe it's your New Year's resolution. Both links are in the show notes. And now back to our show, Coffee Culture. I did do a series about um, uh, my child dating a narcissist. Like that was another one that was <laughs> pretty deep. And yeah, but mental health, uh, my most famous one is, is the periods of, of uh and, and this is really important nowadays, but uh, especially with what's going on. But uh, yeah, where I talked to my daughter or, or my child about having their periods, but the joke was they're already learning it in school. So I came too late to tell her, but it was based on a true story of my mom bringing period pads to me and telling me about periods. But I, I, I was learning it from her, but yeah, but it was just, yeah. So I go into those topics as well. Well, you know, I love that. Um, you're getting the virality on those important topics. Yes. You know, I, mm -hmm. I talk often with people and they're always, everybody wants to go viral, right? Like yeah. everybody wants to go viral, but what is your message? So you're going yeah. viral and what is the message you're really sharing, right? So you're doing something really good. Like you're, mm -hmm. you're bringing light to really important topics. A lot of people don't do, um, they don't think about the ethics of what they're, of what they're trying to go viral for. So mm -hmm. they're getting racy, they're getting super sexual, mm -hmm. they're, they're, you know, wearing like as little as possible, you know, they're like mm -hmm. painting on a bikini top, essentially, and mm -hmm. they're, they're going for like, anything that is like, going to shock people. Yeah. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, you have to be able to talk to your teenage daughter or your six-year-old son or whatever. And they, and they're going to see, you know, like you can't get rid of this, all the stuff that we do on social media, it doesn't go away because you decide mm -hmm. to stop being on a platform. It's there. You can be found even in your mm -hmm. ugliest moments, Yeah, <laughs> you can be found. And I, yeah. I love that you're staying true to um, you know, I call this the ethical barometer, like you keep it in check, you know, like what you're doing, um, is to help people like it's, it matters to you, what you yes. create. Mm -hmm. No, yeah, it, it does. I mean, uh, you know, we grew up in a different era. And, you know, of course, there are things that I regret in my life. And I would never want any of my supporters or my kids to, I mean, everybody makes mistakes, but I would love for them to avoid the mistakes if possible, and learn from my mistakes. And so I'm very mindful of trying not, I do have another account. But for my main account, I'm very mindful to not have any, like, not have any swearing. <laughs> There's sometimes some intended ones, like, with the slogans, like what is, uh, they, they have the uh, abbreviations, but I'm very intentional with the over-sexualization as well, because that is important to me as I, I, I don't fault like 
you know, women who want to be sexy and beautiful, like, yeah, no, of course. And I love the dances and stuff, but I am very mindful of that for my, for my particular, my, my particular content and the way I want to present myself and the way I want, uh, my supporters to, to, uh, I don't know. To see you. Yes. 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 To see me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, it's funny because I didn't see you visually. Like I said, at first it was just an avatar and you have always been the kindest human I have ever met and so humble. And I always felt that. I literally felt it in your voice. I didn't even have to see you, but you are so, and I keep, this word's authentic is so overused, but you are really who you are. Like anybody who's watching this video or hearing your voice, like this is Hiromi, like this is, this is you, like no joke. And I, and I love that um, you show that, that you have real clarity about what you share. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Thanks. I get like, I get like emotional when people say that because it really means a lot when people see that in me. And you and I talk a lot, like we just had a back channel about imposter syndrome. Like I, and yeah, I have imposter syndrome and I always hope that people see kindness in me. And even my yoga teacher, she always ends her her yoga class with the good in me sees the good in you. And I always hope people see the good in me. And I make mistakes. <laughs> I'm sure everybody does. And I, I beat myself up when I do make mistakes or when I don't make someone feel like if, if I have an off day and I might have made someone feel bad. And I always say this. I always try and do my best to apologize to someone for any anything if I've done anything wrong. So I always am mindful of that. But I'm very thankful when when people see that in me. So I just want to say thank you to you. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah. You're welcome. And, you know, to that end, uh, you do apologize. Like you do, mm-hmm. you, you're always taking the pulse of what's happening. And if something doesn't feel right in your heart, like you always react. And we used to be in rooms where sometimes the personalities were mm-hmm. um, not very kind. Uh, mm-hmm. There was like maybe some bullying or things happening. It happens, yeah. right? Like there's a lot of yeah. people in a room. It's going to happen no matter where you are. And you always like you would go into the comments and you would like apologize or you would go on like a back channel on mm-hmm. Instagram where like our team was there. Cause like we had a team of people that were educating mm-hmm. every day. Like we said in the beginning, Monday through Friday for two hours every morning. And if something wasn't going right, you would get into that channel and you'd be like, Hey everybody, look, I'm sorry. It's going this way. Let's try and turn it around. And I know that she didn't mean it to come out that way, or he didn't mean to say it that way, or he's going to get mm-hmm. off the stage for now because that, you know, we hurt somebody's feel like you were always present oh, and that's a really, um, that's a talent. Like I, I think oh. a lot of people aren't present like that and they'll, and they'll let it go. They like, don't really care. They're like, oh, I don't need to apologize. I didn't do it. Like you felt <laughs> yeah. a responsibility like to the team yeah. as well as yourself. Like I always loved that about mm-hmm. you, you know? Oh, thank you, Holly. And, <laughs> and I would tell you that um, I'm taking this from my great therapist, Coco Nelson, give her, her a shout out here. She said <laughs> that because um, we were talking about imposter syndrome and she said, if you didn't have it, 
then you are a narcissist and you are the polar opposite of that. <laughs> you couldn't be further away from being a narcissist. You will never be one in this really in this lifetime. And um, so I think a, a good dose of imposter syndrome is good for humanity. Actually, <laughs> you know, it's I actually um, I have a therapist too, and I love her. I think everybody needs a therapist just to keep their mental health in check, just like your physical health. And I being on social media and being present and being an actress, I I actually was thinking, wait a second. It's even when I read about narcissism and, you know, everybody has a little bit of maybe some traits from it, maybe. And so I, I even asked my therapist, am I a narcissist? And she's like, no, <laughs> no, not at all. You know, so Not an ounce in you. What I would probably say is as an actress, I mean, you have to maybe have a, I know we're not supposed to use the word ego, but like, I think yeah. you have to have a certain amount to show up yes. and, and do what you're going to do as an actress, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, whether you're portraying somebody else, like you have to have a certain, and, and maybe it's not ego, maybe it's confidence. I don't mm -hmm. know. Um, but, uh, yeah, shout out to our therapist. Uh, it took me a long <laughs> time to find one and put yeah. one in motion. Um, and uh, like, look, even our therapists have therapists. There's something yep. good about it. So mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah, no argument there. Yeah. No argument there. Hiromi, you're amazing. I'm just so mm -hmm. glad that we finally got to uh -huh. do this because we actually talked about it like yeah. a long time ago and it just was probably not the right time. But here I was talking about, you know, connection and, and I have always felt a deep connection to you. You're just, a, a you know, a kindred spirit and, uh, you know, you have a great soul. So thank you for coming oh, on my thank show. <laughs> thank you. I loved it so much. And I'm so happy we finally got to do this. I know we worked hard to get here, everybody. Yes. I just want you to know we really did. <laughs> and, uh, so this was your first podcast. Is that correct? Um, so or one uh, of the no, first anyway. Yeah. Well, yeah, I've been on a, you know, I've been asked to be on like being on clubhouse and there's a lot of podcasters. They, they I've been asked a lot, but, uh, I have been on a, uh, maybe a few, okay. I've been on a few last year and the year before, but I'm not on them. I, I really admire people who are on them continuously, but I really, for me, I really have to know the interviewer really well and most of the people who have interviewed me on their podcast they're my friends ah <laughs> right? okay yeah like you and I was on a couple of other they're they're people that I know really well because it's it's very intimate being on someone's podcast right it, absolutely it's, right it's your baby too and and yeah and I I'm also very uh cautious of how I I'm presented. And so I need to really have that trust with someone before I, I, I show up, show up for, for them. I think yeah. that that is a really great framework for saying yes to come on a podcast or a show <laughs> or anything. I think it's, I think more people should do it. A lot of people are just out there to, you know, self-promote as much as possible, but they yeah. don't really think about, um, the audience or who's interviewing them. And, mm -hmm. you know, you and I have always had a good chemistry and, mm -hmm. and I think that makes a difference. I think it's smart yeah. that that is your prerequisite for saying yes. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or even if they're not my close friends, at least、um, I have to see their socials and see other podcasts that they do, and just get the get a feeling of how they interview and their style, and and know that they, you know, how because then you can see that they take pride in what they do, and they really want to honor their guests. That's what's really important for me. Mm. Well,、yeah. I hope I hope I did you good service. I hope I honored you well because I I really <laughs> felt honored that you came on my show. Thank you, Haromi. Thank you. I'm honored you asked me. Would you like to join the party, coffee lovers? I have two ways for you. Please go over to YouTube now and subscribe to at Holly Shannon, and there'll be all the videos of this podcast there as well. What's the second way you can do that? You can leave a review with your ideas in Apple Podcasts. Either way, I would love it if you share a hot cup of connection and coffee culture with a friend. And if you'd like to support this indie podcaster, you can buy me a coffee. The link is in the show notes. Thank you, coffee lovers.